With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Thanks for hanging out with us on a Monday as we welcome you back into the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM alongside former NFL GM Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni with you holding down the fort live from Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Michael, uh, yesterday, of course, was Mother's Day, and I hope everybody really enjoyed that holiday with their mother, except for the moms in Philly who are diehard 76ers fan, probably thought that Game 7 was cruel and unusual punishment. I feel awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was horrible. But at least it got over. You know, we could flip the channel, catch 60 minutes early enough. You know, it was perfect. So, you know, it got on with the day. You didn't have to kind of dwell in it. It was pretty much by the end of the third quarter, you knew it was over. I enjoyed every minute of it, I got to be honest, because it was truly what I have envisioned for this franchise since we started the Ponzi scheme called The Process. Well, I'm giving you an opportunity to go face-to-face, head-to-head with your guy, Joel Embiid, (laughs) as we start this uh, step-into-my-office segment. We're going to bring in some folks who might need a conversation with the former NFL GM Michael Lombardi. But Joel Embiid goes 5 for 18 from the floor yesterday for a postseason in general where we saw his point production drop from a league-high 33.1 points per game in the regular season to 23.7 in the playoffs. So if Joel Embiid walks into your office, Michael... What does he need to hear? What does he need to do to reach his true potential? And is he capable of being the guy that brings the 76ers postseason success in the future? Well, I, I think the number one thing is he's got to be able to handle Colonel Nathan R. Jessup. Uh, he got to handle the truth, right? And you really are nothing but a talented social media star. That's what you are. You've been able to create a social media through your incredible God gift talents. But At the end of the day, you know, you talk about your son, you talk about wanting to set the example for him, then, you know, stop talking about it and do it. At some point, go get a body fat test. At some point, go get yourself in shape. At some point, take the game seriously because you don't do any of that stuff. You don't care. All you care about is a personal award, which is wonderful. You could put that up on your trophy. But, you know, Bill Russell, I think, won 10 titles. You know, these other great players in this league – have won more titles, and nobody's going to remember your MVP. They're only going to remember you when you failed in the fourth quarter. They're going to remember you as a guy that couldn't close. So all this short-term social media status that you have and your ability to manipulate the media because of your talent is all going to fall short. At some point, you've got to ask yourself one fundamental question. 
how bad do you want to be a great player? So far, based on my experiences watching you, that's not very much. You just go by your talent. And talent doesn't get you anywhere. Talent gets you the fraud that you've become. You become a media darling because of your talent. But you're never going to win anything. And if that's okay, keep going. Won the MVP, as you referenced, in three straight top two MVP finishes, yet no trips to the conference finals to his name. Moving along, on Friday, the Cleveland Browns acquired pass rusher Zadarius Smith from the Minnesota Vikings to play opposite Miles Garrett. The duo make up two of just five players to have 10-plus sacks in three of the last four years. They also went out and add Dalvin Tomlinson in free agency to bolster that side of the ball. So in steps to Michael Lombardi's office, Jim Schwartz, the new defensive coordinator out there in Cleveland. What would you encourage Schwartz to do to maximize the potential of all the Browns' defensive talent? Well, I would think, Jim, it's good to have you back in the Berea. You were here once before. You got your career started in this office. It looks a lot different now than when you left. But my point to you would be help help Kevin Stefanski become a better head coach. Help him manage games differently. You know, become really diligent in under, making him understand that it's not wise to go for it on your own 25 in the first quarter to gain three more downs. If you can do that, you're going to make the Browns a better team. I know you're going to make the Browns a better team defensively. You're not going to make mental mistakes. You're not going to melt down and give up 14 points in the last two minutes of a game like you did against the Jets. You're going to be able to have more concise run fits. But the most important thing I think, Jim, you can bring to the Cleveland Browns this season is your ability to understand games and anticipate situational football, something the Browns did not do very well. Because everything in Cleveland is there for the taking. Cleveland has a chance to be one of those teams that if you improve defensively and Stefanski improves as a head coach in his decision-making, you can win. Now, Watson's got to play a lot better. But i got to believe Watson's career up until this point wasn't a fraud. I think he can play better, but that's going to take it. But to me, defensively, with where you are and your style, your defense will be really good, but you got to have to help Stefanski become a better head coach. Season win total, 9.5. The over is plus 130. When you say that they are a team that can win if they put it all together, does that mean double digits? I think so, Stormy. I really do. Look, they can. They, they have an, a, one of the better players before last year at quarterback. Now, we have a bad taste in our mouth based on his off-the-field actions and his play last season, which was horrendous. And both were horrendous. But there's a lot to play for, and he's going to have to gain. He's going to have to renew his reputation. He's going to have to renew his talent because right now what we saw of him was not very good. And a lot of that is because he probably hasn't played. So instead of making excuses, let's see what he can do. But they have the talent to do it. They can run the ball. Nick Chubb's an elite player. Their offensive line is very good. You know, and the scheme fits Watson perfectly once he understands it. And defensively, if they get ahead with Garrett and now Zadarius Smith rushing off the corner, they should be a much more effective team. And Schwartz will not will not tolerate them making mistakes. He will hold the defense accountable. Yeah, we'll see what that defensive talent can do. And if, to your point, Deshaun Watson, who had a long, long layoff before finally starting to get acclimated with that offense if he can put things together with a full training camp and program um, ahead of this coming season. The Minnesota Vikings, I know, are a team you think could take a step back this year. Got very, very lucky in a number of late-gain instances a year ago. And now reports have indicated that they're looking to move on from their Pro Bowl running back in Dalvin Cook, Jeremy Fowler, saying Minnesota wants him to go to a place where he can play and be happy, whether that's via trade or an eventual release. So if you have Dalvin Cook in your office and you're advising him, what are you telling him? Are there 
Any organizations specifically he should push to be traded for or target? What's the convo? I think the conversation is real simple, Dalvin. You know, go to a team that's going to feature you as a weapon, not necessarily a back. You know, because you have such great skill in the passing game and you can make a difference in some teams' passing game that if you went to a team that really understood how to utilize your skill, you could it could be unbelievable and you'll help that team win. You should be on a winning team and you should go to a team that has somebody else to kind of take some of the pressure off you, keep you fresh for the fourth quarter and give you that weapon dynamic. I mean, if you went to Dallas to go along with Tony Pollard, that would be incredible. Now, I don't know if they could afford you, but that would be incredible. And I think, to me, that's what you have to do. You've got to go somewhere that understands how to get the back into the game without running just draw screens or flat routes. Really utilize your skill as a receiver. You know, and like San Francisco does with McCaffrey, I think that's going to be the best place. And I would stay in the NFC because if you go to a team like Washington and they really understand what you bring to the table, you can make them a legitimate playoff team. You would be the best back on their team, and you would make them uh, a lot better. But that's what I would do. I would stay in the NFC, and I would go to one of those teams. Now, Seattle doesn't need. They just drafted another running back. They've already had Kenneth Walker on the team. But that would be my focus. That was going to be my follow-up, though, because you mentioned the the commanders. Like, Dallas, yeah, that makes sense. They can win. But you believe that the commanders, I know you think they're better than their win total, but you think they could really, really win with a piece like him. You know, we had Doc Walker on this weekend, and, and, you know, we had this conversation, and he disagreed with me about I don't think their running backs are elite. I think they have good backs. Bajon Robinson and, and and the kid from Memphis, Gibson, is good play. They average 3-9 a carry. The offensive line isn't good, but backs make the line better. Dalvin Cook, you put Dalvin Cook on that team. When J.D. McKissick was going good for Washington, they were a little bit better of an offense, but he got hurt on them. And that kind of took some things away from now. Can the enemy utilize Cook? I think he could. And it would certainly help Sam Howell. I would be all in on him if I were Washington. I think that's the one area they could really improve their team because they've got great skill. But I think most importantly what fans don't understand is the running back makes the spread. The running back makes the spread. It'll be Madison's a good player for Minnesota. It'll be a little bit it'll be a little bit of a lesser than Cook. But the reason they're moving on from Cook is because they think Madison can give them what Cook gives them, and then they can pick up cap room. New Arizona Cardinals head coach Jonathan Gannon told reporters on Friday that the mayor of Munchkinland, excuse me, um, that Kyler Murray, <laughs> whoa, got a frog in my throat, quote, he is a long way away from recovering from his ACL tear, but added, we don't play for a long time, so I feel good where he's at. The Cardinals' preseason expectations, to put it mildly, are very low, win total of four in it. Four and a half. They're not favored in a single game. If you are talking to Gannon, how are you advising him as it pertains to Kyler Murray? Are you wanting to slow play it? Or as soon as he's healthy enough to get back, do you say, okay, it's Kyler's team. Let's go. Well, look, I, I think we, you've got to, and this is a new program. And if you're going to be part of the program, we're going to need you out there. But we're not going to put you out there. Even if you're cleared to play, that's great. But if you're just out there, that's not what we want. You've got to be able to function and be the player that you once were. And i got to make that decision. The doctors are going to clear you at some point, but I've got to see you move around. And once we see that, we're going to put you back out there because we need you on this team. We need you to be the leader. We need you to change who you are because we're changing this program. And if you can't do that and we don't win, we're liable to draft another quarterback. So it's really important, and I would not let a year pass. I think we need to be able to see how you've come back from this and how anxious you are to want to keep playing. Yeah, we saw some of those – 
early projections for next year's draft, and some folks have the Cardinals getting to pick one, too. Right now, that quarterback room with Kyler Murray injured, Colt McCoy, fifth-round pick out of Houston, Clayton Toon, David Blau, and Jeff Driscoll. I know. Oh, and they drafted the kid. Well, they drafted Toon. Yeah. They got Driscoll, and then they got Dave. Oh, you mentioned they had five of them on the team. Yep. Yep. Does not look great. Yeah, the Cardinals, it's going to be an uphill battle for them. And I know that it's uh, the the NFC West has taken a little bit of a step back at the bottom of the the division with, with the Rams in Arizona, but still have to play two games against the 49ers and two games against a good Seattle team every year. It's not looking great. We're going to continue our NFL talk when we come back with NFL.com's Eric Edholm with the league's recent schedule release. He has a great couple articles up right now breaking down what we've already talked about today with strength of schedule and how that may impact certain teams moving forward. Eric Edholm coming back on the Lombardi Line. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all of the action. You can find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and, of course, where that money does not match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way vcin's here to make you a more informed, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Michael Lombardi and Stormy Bonantoni with you as we 
continue breaking down the NFL schedules for the 2023-24 season. We bring in NFL.com writer Eric Edholm, who joins us now. He's got a couple great articles up on the website breaking down strength of schedules, teams that might have the best opportunity to win ahead, and vice versa. What's going on, Eric? Hey, everything's so great. What's going on with you guys? Good, good. Appreciate you spending some time with us. And I kind of wanted to start here, whereas we we look at teams that have the quote-unquote easiest strength of schedule, right? And that Mm -hmm. is always going to be usually the teams that are bad because if you finish in first place, you get a first place schedule. So it's teams that haven't been great that get the easier strength of schedule. From your standpoint, are there any of those teams that can really look poised to take advantage of that ease of strength of schedule Mm -hmm. and exceed expectations this year? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, we've known the opponents for a long time now, but putting them in order and figuring out where the bye weeks are and, and, you know, how many back-to-back road games and, in some cases, three straight road games you have and just kind of how everything stacks up when your division games are, that, that to me, makes a big difference once you kind of see it all lined up. And for me, the New Orleans Saints have a great schedule this year they can win with. You know, we know they got Derek Carr. Um, There's obviously some pressure on Dennis Allen, I think, to perform this season. Uh, still some questions about Kamara, whether there's going to be a suspension, any kind of legal activity there. Um, but I still think the core of the team, you know, with or without a, a resurgent Michael Thomas, can still win a lot of games, especially in that division. And you can probably make a similar case for the Falcons. Obviously, all the NFC South teams are going to have pretty favorable, uh, you know, uh, opponents' records. Same with the AFC South, two divisions that that by and large weren't great last year, but. Yeah, I would I would put the, the the Saints and Falcons as two teams that I think can can take that division over with the Bucks, you know, losing Tom Brady and going a different direction quarterback wise. You know, I, I I don't disagree with you with the Saints. I mean, their offensive line. I think you throw Carolina in there too because Carolina sure. was a good team last year. They they had a chance to beat Tampa. J.C. Horn was hurt. Uh, cost them that game. They beat New Orleans in an ugly, ugly game, 17 of the season, but they wanted it still with Sam Darnold, quarterback. I want to ask you, Eric, are you as sold on the Detroit Lions as most of the national media seems to be? Yeah, it's almost a crime these days if you say anything negative about them, right? (laughs) They're kind of everybody's darlings, I guess, but they did receive some, some, uh, you know, some guff, I guess, for, for the way they approached their draft. I didn't mind it as much as other people did, which is kind of going against the grain positional value wise, taking a running back and an off the ball linebacker in round one. Um, but I thought they had a really smart off season all, all told they, they filled specific needs and, and they really harped on the idea of finding their kind of guys, culture fits, you know, scheme fits the whole nine yards. And I think you, you saw a team in the second half of the season that made a big jump. Uh, is that guaranteed to carry over this year? Of course not. They open with the Chiefs. They do have some tough games this season. You know, we're, we're counting on Jared Goff playing as well as he did when he was healthy last year. You know, um, it's, there's a lot of still dot connecting going on and for, for a team that some people think can win double-digit games. I don't know that Aaron Rodgers leaving the division is like the, the door flying wide open and this is – you know, their red carpet to just uh, arrive like the, the Vikings did last year. But, you know, I, I still can make the case that they have as good a chance to win the division as anybody. I don't know that Minnesota is going to be nearly as strong as they were a year ago. I could see them kind of drop it back to the middle of the pack a little bit. Chicago may be a year away. Green Bay may be a year away. So it could be as much a function of as the other three divisional foes being able to win the division it is 
as it is them being a, a premier contender at this point. Here with writer for NFL Media, Eric Edholm, at Eric underscore Edholm on Twitter. And it is weird looking at those division odds and seeing the Lions as the favorite and the Packers as right. the longest shot because, I mean, it just feels like the Twilight Zone a little bit. That's just not what we've historically seen. <laughs> How surprised were you, though, to see this the season opener, Thursday night football, to be the Lions against Kansas City? I mean, we'll get the eyeballs, right? And if the Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champs, end up being on upset watch against Detroit, that would be incredible. But I was pretty surprised that that was the matchup we had to start things off this year I was too a little bit I mean obviously with with the Chiefs I mean you have a ton of options you can go you know another number of directions you can go I think what we've seen from the schedule makers in recent years is kind of holding back those those two or three sure thing the big ratings games whether it's a, a game against you know a team like the Bengals or the uh, the Eagles certainly were the, the Super Bowl rematch that they say for later in the season. Both teams are going to have a bye before that one. So that'll obviously be a huge one. So you don't want to necessarily play your biggest card right away, I think, in week one. The excitement of the NFL season is going to be boiling for, you know, four months at that point, and especially in the, the weeks leading up to that game. It'll get big eyeballs no matter what. I think Chiefs are, you know, a popular team with Mahomes. The Lions do fit that narrative of the – you know, the preseason sleeper. And, and it almost makes sense to put them in first as a way to, you know, to, to kind of hedge against the idea that, like Michael was saying, that maybe they're not ready for prime time yet. Maybe they're not a great team. So people will tune in with the hope that they are. But if they, if they aren't a great football team this year, if we have overrated them, you kind of play that card early enough where it's almost a guarantees ratings type of game. So, yeah, I was surprised, but the more I thought of it, there is some logic behind it. Uh, and the Chiefs have several other marquee games throughout. But for the Lions, I mean, boy, if they are competitive in this game or somehow pull off a win, doesn't that change everything? But even even losing that one, I don't think it's going to going to kill their season or anything. No, I mean, look, I just I you know, sometimes I think it's really hard to go from good to great, right? And I think we we as fans don't understand that. You know, one of the things I think that's that's pretty clear too is, you know, Jacksonville, you know, great story last year. Yes, they were able to to really do some incredible things late in the year, got some breaks, the Giants, you know, Minnesota. But on Jacksonville, do you think they can duplicate that as easily as everybody seems to think they can? I'm not sure. I, 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 on the one hand, I want to say yes, because, you know, we saw Trevor Lawrence turn the corner and, you know, you, you see some of the young pieces on defense that could be very good. I think they have standout potential at all three levels there. Um, I do worry about the offensive line, you know, especially with, with uh, Cam Robinson's uh, suspension looming reportedly. Um, you know, you could be looking at a, a Anton Harrison in there week one. Uh, on the offensive line, Walker Little, a guy who's you know played well at times, but still, I mean, there's some question about that. Love their receivers. Seems like they have a pretty good thing going with Evan Engram there as well. They really want to get him, you know, the ball even more this year. Ridley could obviously be a, a huge X factor if he fits in nicely, but and the division obviously has some questions too. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of holding back a little bit from from putting them in prime time. We obviously saw they had to pull themselves out of a huge hole in that first playoff game. And you give them credit for doing so. And then going on the road next week, the next week and playing a, you know, a, a game football uh, effort uh, against the, the chiefs there. But, you know, sometimes it's not linear progress in every single case. And, and 
as good a coach as Doug Peterson is, we have to, you know, hold back the idea that, like, look, you know, there, there, there's still some, some room for them to grow, and there's no guarantee that defense will be great or that offensive line will gel in time. Eric, two teams that you have among the top three toughest schedules coming into the season are both in the NFC West in the L.A. Rams and the Arizona Cardinals. Could those two be fighting for who has the worst record in the league this year, potentially? I don't know that I'm quite that bearish on, on or bullish, I should say, on uh, uh, on either team. But, yeah, I mean, well, the Cardinals, I would say, obviously, they have a, a lot to overcome right now. We, the, the unknown status of Kyler Murray's injury, uh, as you pointed out, a really tough schedule for the most part, and it seems to, you know, keep welling up time after time. You look throughout and you say, well, there's another tough game. And, you know, you look at the approach they took in the draft this year, which was to get that big trade from Houston and load up on picks next year. There's obviously a lot of pressure on Murray, even with the contract he signed. You know, there are a lot of questions, even with Hopkins still on the, the, the roster. They lose J.J. Watt. They haven't had another pass rush source other than him after Chandler Jones left. You know, some of those first-round picks they've made in recent years have been okay, but not great. You know, I mean, the, the, the linebacker from Tulsa they took and Isaiah Simmons, you know, maybe it is Jonathan Gannon's opportunity to, to show he knows how to use these type of pieces, but I have my questions. You know, he, I wouldn't say that he's, he's definitely handled everything so far in his brief time as head coach. There are concerns outside of the quarterback position and, and those defenders we mentioned. And I don't know, a lot, a lot going on there for sure. An uphill battle, absolutely. Thank you, Eric. Yeah. All right, take it Thanks, easy. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate you. Great stuff there from Eric at home. Again, those articles up right now at NFL.com for the full breakdowns. We got a quick break, but keep our NFL talk rolling with former NFL wide receiver VEASAN host Mike Pritchard and Pritch's points coming up next on the Lombardi Line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all of the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to the VSIN.com slash picks page where you can sort picks by sport matchup, event date, and more. Plus, we've got a top VSIN experts leaderboard now where you can view betting records, profit, and ROI. See which VSIN expert has the hot hand at any given time. For VSIN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24 7 video access, become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. You can sign up now for just $9.99 at vsin.com slash subscribe. This is the Lombardi line alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bon and Tony with you. And we'll bring in now VSIN host, former longtime NFL wide receiver, Mike Pritchard, who joins the show. And Mike, we've been talking so much about the schedule today and schedule releases. As a player, I asked Michael this the other day too. As a player, what are the first things that you look at when the schedule is released? Are you just immediately looking for the buy or what else? Uh, not immediately, but it is on the list. Uh, it's at the top of the list, uh, right behind um, uh, cold weather games, Stormy. Uh, certainly as a wide receiver, I needed to start to prepare myself, get my mind right for those cold weather games like Buffalo, uh, late November or December. We, For some reason, when I was in Atlanta, we always played Buffalo at night in December or, or late November. So it was cold, frigid, you know, Green Bay, another location uh, that you got to keep on the radar in terms of cold weather games. I think the Jets too, or New York, I mean, New England, obviously there, there's those East coast games 
later on in the year that you want to be conscious of along with that bye week. That bye week is important as well as you try to manage your body throughout the entire season. Yeah, Mike, I, I mean, that that's the thing. The early buys really kind of, yeah, it's great, week four, but it's almost too early, right? Like you're just starting yeah. to get into a rhythm, right? You kind of want to stay in rhythm, right? Right, right. I mean, I, I hated the uh, beginning of the year uh, bye weeks, uh, Michael, because just what you said, I mean, you had all off season to train and get your body right and, and, and certainly be okay. And then you get into a groove, you might be settling in and then you have that bye week. I, I, I would much rather use the bye week for rest and injury uh, concerns because you, right when you're generating that momentum, uh, you want to carry that forward. I mean, I think the bye week right in the middle of the year is perfect or around there, you know, and uh, certainly for teams that are uh, Super Bowl caliber, I think as a better, uh, keep that in mind. If they have the middle of the year bye week or or even a couple of weeks after the middle of the year bye week situation, uh, perhaps they could get hot, you know, correct things. Kind of like Tampa Bay did a couple of years ago. Uh, same thing with the Rams as well. Oftentimes when you talk about a road stretch on a schedule and you have back-to-back -back road games or three road games in a row, um, we from the outside looking in are like, oh man, that seems really, really tough. The, the routine being on a flight every week is hard. But I know Michael always talks a lot about how that's the opportunity to really bond your team and get everybody on the same page and eliminate some of the distractions of home at times. When you would see two or three games on the schedule, what was your thought? You know, Stormy, I, I think uh, it's a chance to be on the road and, and bond. I mean, we do that in training camp for sure. Uh, but there's something about being on the road uh, and then going into somebody's house uh, and then just getting a victory, right? I mean, uh, and one of the things too, one of the challenges as a player, like at home, you feel like you're going to win every game at home all the time. But if you start to win on the road, if you start to go into a hostile environment, match the energy level of the opponent at home, now you know that you're really good. Uh, and so that confidence sets in as well. So uh, collecting wins on the road, I, I think, uh, pays dividends uh, later on in the year because you feel like you can beat anybody and everybody anywhere. Uh, and that, to me, uh, is the confidence level that you need as a football team trying to win a championship. You know, Mike, you played in Seattle. What was the mm -hmm. mindset play? I mean, that obviously you're in the Pacific Northwest. You know, they got to travel 31,000 miles, all that stuff. But what was the mindset of the team when you played there? You know, you knew you had a lot of travel. And how did they handle that as an organization? Well, you know, if, if I was a better at that time, I certainly would have faded it to Seattle Seahawks because we weren't mentally tough, uh, to be honest with you, Michael. Um, and, and that's another edge, I think, from a betting standpoint, if you can figure out which teams have that mental toughness uh, and that can handle certain situations. So uh, I, I remember the exact year, but we played in, in, in the state of Florida every other week. So in other words, we couldn't stay a week and play a game because we had a home game. So we'd go to Miami, then play a home game, and then we'd go uh, to Tampa, and then come back and play a home game. I mean, it was like every other week, Jacksonville, you're in that, and you're in that state, uh, and so you have that flight from Seattle all the way to the state of Florida. And if you're not mentally tough, and we weren't mentally tough at, at that point, uh, it, it 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 grinds on you, uh, and certainly. Uh, it grinded on the athletes and the players that we had at that time. I mean, we, we had an okay season, but uh, nowhere near a championship uh, type of or, or a playoff qualifying uh, type of season that year. Beeson NFL analyst and host, former NFL wide receiver, Mike Pritchard joining us on the Lombardi line. And Pritch, it is time like we do every week for Pritch's 
points because as the schedule release came out, I know you had some major takeaways. So take us through it. Yeah, you know, we'll start with Ron Rivera. I mean, he's not had a winning season since he's been a head coach uh, of the Washington uh, Commanders uh, right now. And so they got a new ownership, too. And uh, you wonder uh, how much longer uh, Ron Rivera will have if he's not successful. I look at that schedule, uh, and it is daunting. Uh, you know, I, I looked at the win total, too. They're at six and a half. You, the over is minus 120. Uh, I'm not sure about that because you look at that schedule, um, it really is uh, a, a difficult schedule, I think. And, and, a, and a chance, I think, too, one of those teams with that later bye week, right? Uh, you know, they got, what, four games after their bye week. If it's not going well, uh, and so you're in the month of December with the new ownership, could they look to make a change, right, if they have a losing season going on? So I, I think there, that's a hot-button situation uh, out there in Washington to, to keep an eye on from a betting standpoint. Uh, and then other other uh, points I have here, certainly, you know, Atlanta, I think Atlanta has a chance to go from worst to first. And that's not a big stretch because they did win seven games last year, right? So if they can win two more, even three more games this year, uh, with a favorable schedule, the back end of their schedule, uh, it seems like it's littered with dome games. Uh, and so they have so many dome games. They play in a dome at home. Uh, you're playing in Indy. You're playing in New Orleans. You're playing Minnesota. I mean, all these dome game situations, I, I think, for uh, the, the Falcons, whether it's on the road, you got good weather, too, with the Panthers, uh, as you see. Now, the, the Bears would be interesting. Uh, but all those dome games uh, and, and the back end of that schedule, uh, being pretty kind. I think the Atlanta Falcons have a chance to get uh, a few more wins this year. And then my third one um, is, you know, you look at the Chiefs and their schedule. Uh, and I look at the uh, win total here, Stormy Michael, and it's 11 and a half. Uh, the under, I believe, is plus 120, I want to say. Um, but good grief. Did you guys look at this schedule for these guys on the back end after their bye week? It's the Eagles, it's the Raiders twice. It's Buffalo, it's New England, it's the Bengals, it's the Chargers. I mean, it's like all these playoff caliber teams on the back end uh, of that Chiefs schedule. And so if these teams are hitting their stride, if all these playoff type of teams or caliber teams are hitting their stride and playing very, very well, uh, that gets very difficult for the Chiefs as well on the back end of their schedule. Is there... Uh... Yeah, I mean, that's... Go ahead, Michael. Oh, I'm... Well, that's the hard part. I mean, you know, well, I think... Mike makes great points there. And the, the most significant one is you're building your team to a crescendo of getting ready for the playoffs. You know, remember when the Bengals lost to the Browns, they got humiliated. What was it, Thursday night or a Monday night game? Mm -hmm. And then they ran the table. They just got, you know, they, they were so good, confident, they ran the table. And I think that's kind of what we the Chiefs are trying to think about. It's what we got to do. We got to be able to do it. Yeah, yeah. The the beginning of their schedule, too. I mean, they start with these upstart teams like the Lions and Jacksonville. Uh, so, you know, I, I along the way of 11 and a half wins to go over, uh, the Chiefs, uh, they have many obstacles on this schedule. And, and you're trying to go back to back, too. And that's always difficult uh, in a transitional period uh, as well with that franchise. Mike, was there a game when the schedule came out that got you excited, whether it be, you know, the Super Bowl rematch, just that Thursday night football game to open the season, the Jets debut, anything? Are you asking me, Stormy? Yeah, or... if they, if oh, you... okay. 
Yeah, you said Michael, so I you didn't say Pritch. I thought man, you were talking about Michael Hardy. This, this is hard for me, man. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Obviously, it's it's uh, Aaron Rodgers and 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 certainly uh, Patrick Mahomes matching up. I, I look back in the '90s, and I'm I'm trying to mirror this uh, this coming year to back in the '90s when we had all these Hall of Fame quarterbacks uh, in their prime. Uh, you know, you're talking about Elway, Marino, Kelly, Moon, Montana, Aikman, Young, Favre. I mean, all these guys in their prime and uh, so now we finally get that Chiefs-Jets uh, matchup, which is Aaron Rodgers uh, versus uh, Patrick Mahomes. See, I don't get the name mix-up often with a name like Stormy. It doesn't happen to me too much. <laughs> yeah, you don't. I know, right? <laughs> Y'all are too much. Thank you so much, Pritch. Appreciate you. Thanks, and Pritch. Looking forward Thank to you. having you help me hold down the fort tomorrow with Michael's off day. Absolutely. Look forward to it as well, Stormy. Y'all have a great day. Thanks, Thanks Mike. You too. That is Thanks. Mike Pritchard. Does a great job stepping in um, while Michael is away. We will see him tomorrow, but appreciate his insight and Pritch's points. See, Michael, I need a segment with alliteration, too. We got to keep working yes, on I, this. Yes, I agree you need one. Yes. <laughs> yes. We, we got to figure out. I'll come. We got to come up with a name for it. I have a philosophical question for you when we come back here to close things out about hockey. Now, just bear with me. I do have a hockey question. It'll be okay. We will make it through. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Plus, 
If you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert those BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located here on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions do apply. BetMGM and GameSense reminds you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, Michael, obviously you are an NFL guy by trade. You also love the NBA. Um, I am a little bit more of an NHL girl. But because you are so good at building teams and knowing what it takes to win, I was very curious your opinion on teams in the NHL postseason, like the Edmonton Oilers, for example, who got knocked out of the postseason yesterday by the Golden Knights. They are a team that has all of the talent in the world. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and these high expectations of a team that should be in a position to win Stanley Cup. Same thing with the Toronto Maple Leafs, who year after year have outstanding regular seasons, so much offensive output, and you get to the playoffs and you can't put it together. Does it take a toll when you have these high expectations year after year and don't deliver to where it almost becomes like second nature to fail? Yeah, I I mean, I think what happens is unless your team's constructed the right way, you know, Edmonton was an offensive team. Well, we know this from the NFL. It's hard to win championships being an offensive team. You, you, You know, if you can't play great defense, you never can control the game. And it, 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 and we get caught up in the minutia of, oh, gosh, you know, this guy is, you know, they got so much talent. They're such a great offensive team. When in reality, that, that typically isn't the answer, right? The answer is we've got to build ourselves defensively, build from inside. It's the same thing in hockey. And I think what happens is we lose sight of the team building. And we think the talent is going to override. Well, we can out, we'll outscore them. Well, that doesn't happen. You know, that really doesn't often happen. So I, I think, and then when you have young teams, I think young teams don't understand what it takes to go to another level. And expectations on most teams are the hardest thing, the burden to carry with you. And then they don't work as hard. I think when you look at Philadelphia, you know, they've spoiled the players for so long that they feel entitled. And they're not the same as they were when they came in there. It- so for me, you know, I think that's the bigger issue. Yeah, it was just such an interesting comparison to me to see some of these teams that have been bumped out of the postseason right now versus a Seattle Kraken who's in its second season in existence playing for an opportunity to play the Golden Knights who are the next youngest franchise in existence in the Western Conference Final. Just teams that when they were created had zero expectations and have so largely exceeded them almost like because they've been counted out. Although I I could see the Oilers potentially bouncing back next year. The the post-game press conferences, listening to the way that Leon Dreisaitl was talking, felt very reminiscent to me of Nathan McKinnon after the uh, Colorado Avalanche lost to the Golden Knights a couple years back, and then they bounced back and end up winning the Cup the next year. So we'll see if Edmonton can get over the hump. But uh, excited for the game tonight. We'll see if the if the Kraken can pull it off and continue to shock the world after they upset the Avs in the first round as well. We do have our pro tip of the hour, Michael, as we turn back to the NFL. Pro tips available at vcin.com. Every single show does them. 
If you're using strength of schedule to handicap NFL win totals, you should put more weight behind opponent win totals. Because we are we are betters. We are trying to make the most knowledgeable betting decisions. That's going to be where you're going to get your best numbers, right? Yeah, I think there's no doubt. You have to take in the win totals from last year and and look as the, it's projected for this year and look it over. And then I think you really have to pay close attention to how the schedule kind of plays out in terms of do they get like do they have it a little easier to begin with to get that kind of momentum going? You know, and I think I think what what we were talking about earlier today is that we have, you know, some of these teams like Atlanta or Carolina, they're playing in these soft schedule. They're probably going to be able to to really manifest themselves and get further into this because they're so good at it. I mean, they're, they're, they're playing against lesser teams. It's like the Giants last year. You know, they got that confidence going, and they beat a lot of teams. And then the next thing you know, all of a sudden, they, they had a way to win. Yep. It's, and there is some overlap, too, with opponent win percentage and win totals. I just think from this perspective, you're getting – a a more accurate representation of the type of team we're going to see coming up this year. VEASAN Pro Tips, again, available at VEASAN.com, searchable by sport and by show. Want to wrap things up here, Michael, with a few questions about these rookie mini camps and all of the headlines that we see coming out. Everybody is God's <laughs> gift, gift to this earth already, it appears. And Jonathan Taylor coming out, talking about your boy, Anthony Richardson here, already mm-hmm. comparing him to Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson, and you can throw Cam Newton in there as well. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing, right? He hasn't even played a game, and he can do all these <laughs> things. He can leap tall buildings in a single bound. I mean, you know, it's remarkable. But, look, I, I, I've said this. I said it on the pod today. I think what we have to keep in mind is that most of these rookies, when they come into camp, they're not even in shape. They're out of shape. And you got to get them in shape before you can go forward. And I think that's ultimately what we're talking about. They got to get in condition because they're going through a process. They've got to get de recruited. They've been talked about so much about how great they are and, and all those things that they haven't really worked out. And when they go to a camp, all of a sudden it's a lot harder. And now the competition's going to be a lot greater. So I would temper a lot of these rookie comments first because I don't think they're really going to be accurate. I do like at least that. Taylor gave the the little as long as he comes in willing to absorb the information, which is a very, very good point. Yeah. At what point do you think this season, because it does feel inevitable that we're going to see Anthony Richardson, at what at what point does he get out there onto the field? I think it's going to be early. I think that they're going to recognize that he could do some things, and I think they're going to put him out there early. I just get the I could get the sense of the momentum of this thing's going. They're going to want him out there early. They're going to want him to kind of get into the flow, and they feel like if we go to Gardner Minshew, you know, now we got to change. We're not in the six-pack offense. I think they feel like they got to get this thing moving along, and and I think it'll be sooner rather than later. Former Colts head coach Frank Reich now at the helm of the Carolina Panthers. We talk about Bryce Young and some of the early expectations if this Panthers team can exceed their win total this year, but Frank Reich very complimentary of Bryce Young already, saying he's in complete command to start this rookie camp, and um, and that, that is the belief, right? Yes, Andy Dalton is yeah. technically the guy right now, but he's going to win the position and be the guy. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if Bryce Young isn't a day-one starter because he's going to be mentally prepared. He knows how to practice. He knows how to prepare. And part of the strength of Bryce Young, the reason he can offset the 5'10", is the fact that he can play the game. He understands how to play the game. He understands the instincts, the awareness of the game. 
And so for for me, I I think they're, it's sooner rather than later. And then you you get quicker into your offense, into what you want to do, you know what who you want to become, and you start to get an identity. If you're going back and forth, you don't get any continuity. You don't get an identity, and I think that's one of the reasons why Richardson will start, and I think Bryce, I think C.J. Stroud will start because the alternative doesn't give you an identity. You're just trying to manage the game. That won't work. Michael, I know you and I are both fans of Bryce Young and obviously the talent that he has, whether the, the accuracy, the way that he has vision on the football field, the way that he can scramble and get out of certain situations. There's a lot to like. I can't help but giggle, though, when I see those highlights from practice and how tiny he looks behind the offensive line because he does. He looks I know. so small. He does look small. And, you know, they got him. On, it's interesting. A lot of the videos, he's under center, too. Yeah which I think is interesting, you know, and so which I think he needs to be. Sometimes short guys need to be under center. I know he gets lost, but he is a smaller guy. But I think the windows will open up, but that arm is strong, and I think he can make a lot of those throws. So I, I feel like, look, he, he'll be where he needs to be. There's no doubt. But thank goodness he's in red so that I could see him there. No, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that that is something that he can certainly overcome. Was it weird that D'Amico Ryans isn't having C.J. Stroud talk at all? It's almost like freshman in college not having him talk. Yeah, I think that's smart. I think, look, say nothing. Right? I think it's really smart. Say nothing. I think you're better off if you do that because, you know, you don't want to say something. You know, they're going to ask you questions and how do you answer them. Like, the best thing to do is low-key. Don't, don't really get involved in it at all. I am. I'm glad. I appreciate all of the positive vibes that you have had today, despite what happened last night. We got a lot. I'm I'm as happy as could be. I can't wait to see what happens. See, you got to stop with this. Oh, man. We got to put a we got to put a foot down on this. You are not happy. You are putting on a smile and it's kind of scaring me. It's almost like one of those masks of a person with a smile. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm happy. I really am happy because to me, it's it's a fulfillment of what I've expected. Yeah. Well, this process is a Ponzi scheme. It's over. MV Ponzi scheme. There you have it. MV (laughs) Ponzi. Give them the trophy. Let them enjoy it. You're the best, Michael. Have a great day. Uh, That's a wrap for today's edition of the Lombardi Line. Thank you as well to our producer behind the glass, Elliot Bowman. After this break, VEASAN best bets you can find on the other side. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.